Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. It is the uh, Friday edition, and so we call it the one timer. It's Solgad, it's Declan Goff. It's a red hot, who could have seen it coming? Declan Wild Hockey Team. Uh, points in 11 consecutive games. They have uh, now won, what, five consecutive games? New Jersey, Ottawa, Dallas, Florida. And last night, Tampa Bay, 5-4. Let's just start with the simplest question possible. How real is this? How long can this go on? And I believe, as we are talking right now on Friday uh, morning or early afternoon, that the Minnesota Wild are in the Western Conference playoff picture right this second. Well, I want to buy it, right? I mean, I want to buy in. Of course I want to buy in that this team's for real. Um, but I, I just look at the way things have gone with 11-point streak. There's no way this team can keep that up. Um, the fact that they've been able to dig themselves out of a hole, I mean, in one way is encouraging. It depends on you look how you look at it. The other way is if you're trying to tank and get good draft lottery status, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Then again... We are, what, 30 games into the season or so. There's still 50 left. There is plenty of time for a January swoon to kick in, maybe even a February swoon. But right now, everything's really working very well. Uh, the goaltending's playing well. The young kids are stepping up. Jason Zucker's having a heck of a season. Um, good things are happening. They're trending in the right direction. I just question how sustainable is this. All right. So what do we, when we look at these uh, past 11 games, and I think more in particular the five games that they've won. And they are on a road trip right now in which they beat the Florida Panthers a couple nights ago. Then uh, that was Tuesday night. Then on Thursday night, they won in Tampa Bay, and they're going to continue the road trip on Saturday against um, the Carolina Hurricanes. What do we perceive as real? What is fact and what is fiction? And by that, I mean, what do you see that you say, you know what? That's not only a positive, it's a sustainable positive, uh, as opposed to. This is a team that got off to an awful start, riding a hot streak, mm-hmm. and and this thing is not going to continue as far as, I don't know, players play, the goaltending. Um, because I will say this, as surprised as I am by the fact that they have points in 11 consecutive games, when we were doing Judd's Hockey Show wild preview stuff before the season started, we sort of alluded to the fact that this might be a fringe playoff team. Yeah. And then they got off to that awful start, and we all just said, okay, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. So this can't be considered a total, total shock in the sense that this is probably what we expected in August or so. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, but what do you think is fact and what do you think is more fiction? I think what's fact is I think this defense, this team's defense has started to really come around. Um, I think it's legitimate. They lost Jared Spurgeon for Tampa Bay, or actually they're, they're out without him for two weeks, and Susie stepped, Susie stepped in and played very well. Him and Jonas Brodin are very good hockey players. I like players. Susie a lot. He is two a very good player. Weeks, by the way. Very good player. Jonas Brodin, we all know how steady of a player he is. Um, yep. I, I would still like to see a little bit more of Matt Dumba. I, I touched on that on scorenorth.com for this week that I think last year's perception skewed, skewed our view of him just a little bit. It doesn't mean he can't be a dynamic player. It's just I don't think he's going to be a Brent Burns, William Carlson. He's in the second tier of those elite defensemen. He's just not in first tier. Uh, but in terms of things that are sustainable, I think the defense is sustainable. I think the young kids, Joel Erickson, Luke Cunning, Jordan Greenway, I think that's sustainable. The only thing I question about Jason Zucker is just every a lot of the metrics say that this also can't go on. So it's unsustainable. Shooting percentage at 20%. If you see, you know, elite scores that are consistent, like a Kane or like an Ovechkin, you know, and they're flirting with shooting percentage above fifteen percent, you say okay, because that's who they are. Jason Zucker right now with a shooting percentage of twenty percent, eh, that's it's almost twice his career average. That's not sustainable. He's playing very good hockey right now. I'm not. I'm not discrediting his play. Right. I'm just saying I don't think that's a sustainable ability for him to be shooting at 20 percent and getting getting to 40 goals a season. That's not going to happen. And this is is to a certain point what happened two years ago with him. Correct. Correct. His shooting percentage uh, skyrocketed two years back. Is that right? And then last year plummeted back down. Yes, and, and that's so what happened. So this is this year is a repeat of what we saw a couple of years ago from Jason. Correct, and and it's not just a thing on Jason. This happens to a ton of players where they'll just go on runs like this every other year, where the shooting percentage will dip up and down. He's a career twelve point six shooting percentage. Yep. This year it's twenty. The year before that it was nine. The year before that it was fourteen, twelve, eight, sixteen. You see, just it fluctuates up and down all over the place. So having a great season, he's doing very he's doing a very good job at at scoring goals. There's no doubt about that. Eleven of them. Uh, on the season seven, even strength four in the power play, he's he's getting a, a decent amount. But I just I question how legitimate that's going to be. And, and you know what? He's also a streaky player. That that's just that's gonna that's gonna happen for him. All right. So here's here's where the fact and fiction game leaves me a little bit torn. Um, because I like what we've seen. I don't know if this can keep up. I really don't care. But it's it's fun to watch the goaltending, Staylock. Stalock has been now he gave up a soft goal or two probably against the Lightning on Thursday night. But you know what? Since Dubnik had to take care of his personal uh, problems with his family and left the team, Declan Stalock has stepped in. I think it played really, really well. Um, their goaltending, I don't know if this can keep up, but I do know this. Their goaltending is has played a large and significant role in much of this streak. Yes. And so. I don't know where this leaves you as far as decisions go. I don't know if if what we're seeing from Staloc is a guy finally getting an opportunity to play a ton and he's going to sustain success for a prolonged period or if this is a blip. Uh, But I am, I guess where I fall with the goaltending is this. I'm really intrigued by it. And the other thing that I love about Staloc is he is made for today's game. He is just absolutely made for today's game. He can move the puck. He gives up some soft goals, but the third period, Declan, against Tampa Bay, he was absolutely fantastic. He was outstanding. He, he gave up a goal, but he also made him, what, five saves that were yeah. really nice saves. And so I don't know if the goaltending, uh, Sans Dubnik, is fact or fiction, but I'm really intrigued by it. I, I To me, I, I lean towards fiction. I just think um, Alex Daylock has, has been a stabilizer, and I, I think I've been pretty 
vocal that he is a league average goaltender. This is who you can get. Yeah, you can get and some statistically. Games where he, you're and he's dead correct. on. He's, he's dead on. He's a league average goaltender. Obviously, Capo uh, Cockney, the rookie. That's the intriguing part. Is he someone that can really come in and be the next goaltender of the future? I think that's your biggest question. So I, I would lean the goaltending is a little bit of uh, fiction, but the defense I think is a fact and. Sometimes, we talked touching this the last hockey show, it's hard to quantify when a team is playing well defensively how much is it your blue line and how much is it your goaltending. It's just hard to do it. You can't just look at goals, goals against and just assume that it's automatically fixed. Uh, but I do think the defense has put themselves in a very good position to help out their goaltenders like this team's always been able to do. I mean, right. Devin Dubnik's a good goalie, but he was a good system goalie, and, and that's how he became so successful these last five, six seasons. So I think the defense is legitimate, but the goaltending, I, I could see that going upside down a lot quicker than I can with the blue line. Is Capo, in your, your mind, worth a potential look here as a long-term number one? Absolutely. I Stan, think so. I, you know, I think it's fair to say Stalock's not that guy. No, he's not. Stalock's a backup goaltender. Yep. And it, by the way, that's fine. And I love his game because he can move the puck. Um Capo, to me, though, is an intriguing... Here's the thing, and it's, what, two games, so it's sure. two or three games. Not much. But here's the one thing I really like about his game. He seems unaffected. Dumnik, very, you know, if things go wrong for Devin, he takes it hard. And I really like the fact that this kid... And Bruce, you know, t- talked about this after the uh, Florida game on Tuesday... They got a one-goal lead, and he's taking a shot at the net, an empty net, and almost that was hits awesome. the net. No, I know, but I like that mentality. Yeah, I love it. I love that yes. mentality because that's a guy that doesn't – it's not that he doesn't care, but he's not really affected by things. Like, Bruce was a little bit incredulous. You know, well, I guess he's taking a shot at the net with a one-goal lead. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give you the thing that I think is absolutely fact, and I believe that if this is the path that you're going to go down, and I'm not criticizing it, but he deserves a contract extension right now, the coaching. Bruce Boudreaux can flat out, he is, look, the players have improved. There's no question about it. But you know what? Go back and look at Bruce's, I think, last year with the Ducks. It's the same thing. And that's a better team than this. But they get off to an awful start. They came here and we were all talking about, man, the Ducks coach, Bruce Boudreaux, might be fired after this game. It was a Saturday afternoon game. They lost. We all thought Bruce was dead. Bruce not only is not dead, he keeps the job. And the Ducks go on like a January 1st run. Oh, yeah, they finish with 100 points. Exactly. Um, if this is the direction that Bill Guerin is going to go, then there is no reason to think that in April, you would fire Bruce right now for winning. As crazy as that might sound. Like, I know like, what you mean. If you were offended by it, you, you would say, hold on, I want to lose more. I'm going to strip the team down. I'm going to fire Bruce, and I'm going to bring in a coach who, hey, might be a future coach. But we're not concerned about points. Yeah, they're not doing that. And if that's the case, Bruce deserves. Every, Bruce deserves. He's doing a great job right now. He is a coach of the year candidate, as far as I'm concerned. Hundred percent. Right. And so, if I'm Garen and this is this is my path, then I would extend him by three years right now because this is what he can do. And I, I think that'd be the bold move you would make right now, or even with even by the trade deadline. If the, if let's say they they stay consistent. Um, they play good hockey. They're not going to win, you know, eleven in a row every single time. But let's say they just play a, a sustainable brand of hockey. You don't want to get in a position if you're Bill Guerin to add. So you don't want to be looking to be buyers at the deadline. No. I think you roll with this team. You roll with it as long as you can. And if and he said at his press conference, I thought it was more of lip service that everything is here already to win. I disagreed with that. But right now, or at least if we're just looking at the last month, to be honest, since, since November 5th, the Wild are the best team in the NHL. He was right. So there's no real need 
to add. I think what you need to do is let this play out and the best case scenario is is if this team makes the playoffs and wins a playoff round, yep. the buzz comes back, you figure out a way to make cappers off, that's a different conversation, but then all of a sudden things are starting to click and man, they got this thing turned around an awful lot quicker than we all thought they would. And I honestly think that you don't have a team, and that this team has been hot, and I really like how the young players are playing. I honestly don't think that you have a team to make a run, but Bruce has done right. a fantastic job. He's kept these guys together. That thing could have fallen apart in a heartbeat. And and we knew that Bruce could do this, I but I didn't know if he could do what they're doing right now, which is, and it's going to end at some point, but it's still impressive. So if I'm Garen and I'm watching Bruce accumulate points right now, you're not going to fire him. No. But you're never going to fire him because he's doing a hell of a job. And, and, in fact, if this is the goal, if the goal is to turn this thing around as quickly as humanly possible, then, and let's say Kaprasov gets here like the plan is in 20, uh, 2020, 2021, and you go into next year and say, this team's going to be good, who better behind your bench than Bruce Exactly. Boudreaux, who is in the last year of his contract. Now, I do believe that there's two years of a personal service contract tacked on, mm-hmm. but... He's my guy, and he's done a great job. Uh, what do you think it's going to take potentially here? And this is the intriguing one because we, we both went to the game on Sunday against Dallas, and that building was not full. I no, think that's kind to say. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is – is there anything short of a playoff run uh, that they can do in the next few months or in the next month to get fans back consistently? Because there does seem to be – a large apathy towards this team. Yeah, I, I like think the current construction doesn't have that one guy that people want to pay to see. Down. Correct. It, it's going to take consistent winning into February because right now this is still going to be a Vikings town. I mean, it's always a Vikings town, but right now the focus is on the Vikings, um, and it's probably going to be until if if they're significantly in the conversation around February, so post Super Bowl, that would be the time people are going to come back. They the Wild could win, you know, let's just say fifteen of their next twenty games between now and February first, right? I don't think fans are. I don't think Minnesota sports fans, I should say, are really going to care that much because they're like, ah, same old Wild or who's there. I don't want to go see them. Mm-hmm. But if they continue to win post Viking season, that's going to draw people back. And then obviously, once playoffs start, if they're in the playoff oh, conversation, that then that changes the whole thing. Yeah, uh, changes the whole dynamic. But it's 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 going to be a while. It's not going to be overnight. I can guarantee. I will be very surprised if. In December and January, we saw bigger crowds. I think we're going to see the same sparse crowds we've been seeing for the next few months until the Viking season is over. That's probably true. That's fair. And and the thing is, too, and here's the weird predicament that this team finds itself in. And I don't remember I don't remember a predicament like this in this town that's uh, swayed so much to this side. Have you ever seen a fan base which is largely ba- or has bailed? But have you ever seen so many fans? Who are who were so comfortable with the thought of being bad to get a draft pick? Because like on Twitter, I still see. I don't necessarily disagree, but I still see a bunch of tweets saying they can't even get dumping right. They're supposed to be tanking. They can't get tanking right. You know, ordinarily the twins go in the tank. People are mad. They're like, I, "We built you Target Field, and you're no good." And you guys, the cheap poll ads, and blah blah blah. The Vikings, if and they don't get. Uh, bad much, Declan, but when they do, fans obviously are apoplectic because they love that team. Um, the Wolves they just years ago gave up on, but I have never seen such a large group of fans be so comfortable with the thought of tanking, and then you see, you know, when they beat the Tampas and Floridas, they can't even get tanking right. right. Um, but it is weird because it sort of gave them a pass to get that draft pick, which again is why I'm really torn here. Like, playoff hockey is great, and it's fun, 
But if you ask me right now, okay, this team could get hot and make the playoffs as a seven or eight seed and go out in the first round, or it can get a high draft pick. For me personally, it's not a hard choice. I take the high draft. Pick. I, I would take the high draft pick too. Just if we're just looking at the past and the and Chuck Fletcher, who did what he did to get his teams in the playoffs, but when they had draft picks, they just simply didn't hit. Uh, if we just look at 2013, they didn't have a first round pick. 2014 was Alex Tuck, who turned out to be a great pick, and he gave him away to Vegas. 2015, <laughs> 2015, Joel. That's a great point because. Zuccarello's presence now on the expansion the expansion draft with Seattle creates yeah. a problem, too. Joel Eriksson Eck, who's playing right. better hockey, but you also had a chance to take Brock Bessie. You passed on that. Ugh. 2016, Luke Cunnan. Again, a decent player, but not really never going to be a game-breaker. 2017, he didn't even have a first or second-round pick. Nope. 2018, 24th overall, Philippe Johansson. I, I don't even know if that's because the kid's ever going to come over here. And then this last He's year was Matthew Boldy, who's who's having trouble scoring the puck, but but is still going to be a, a good prospect. My point is, I just listed a bunch of first-round draft picks yeah. that were all nothing above 12. And you essentially, I wouldn't say miss, but you didn't hit a home run on any of them. And you, you're not supposed to hit home runs on every single first-round pick, but I just gave you eight years of draft. I would think one of those players would be a dynamic game-breaker. None of them are. What's the highest of all those picks, though? 12. Yeah, so twelve. I'm you sorry, need you and so so you need. Yeah. The last time they're in the top ten was Matthew Dumba yeah. in twenty twelve. And last time and that worked, but and, and last top five pick was Gabrick, right? I him were like Pouliot, but like but that's you know fifteen years ago. The, the point is, it was so far know, away. So, it's, it's not but fair. This is where, but this is where okay, the success now is. I think people, I think smart hockey fans were very comfortable with the fact this team might be bad and get that pick. And now, if you don't get that pick, and you go one and out in the first round, was it really worth it exactly. to have your building, to have a couple games in your building? My my answer is absolutely not. And and the other thing is, short of a play, if you if you go first round and out this year, there's no excitement there for that. People have seen it. They're done with that. So really the only way, the only justification would almost be a run at least through the first round, if not to the conference finals, yeah. which is not realistic. It's not right now. So that's not. why this whole thing is very, to me, trying to be as, as as unbiased both ways as possible, to me it's very interesting because this is more fun to watch, I guess. I mean, the Wild's not great to watch, but it's a little bit more fun, especially if they don't just get waxed. But nonetheless, if it costs you a high draft pick, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Anyway, uh, that is another edition of Judd's Hockey Show, The One-Timer. We are back on Tuesday. Lou Nanny, correct? Lou Nanny, live with Lou. That'll be our hour-long show on Tuesday. I'm Judd. He's Declan. Talk to you later. Pass, shoot, score.